A draw is better than a loss. I am the champ. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, <didn't. laughs> I, I believe that is the quadruple. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on. Any trade that involves you getting Drew Locke, you probably lost. Well, I guess everyone knew more than I did. The amount of times that you have been on stage with less than reputable clothing. Yes, indeed. We have no shit. Enough said on that. I can neither confirm or deny. Shout out to um, Raccoon Red. Clearly, I have a lot of opinions about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Fantasy Football. My name is Mark. And I'm Biz. Back from my travels in Charleston, South Carolina. Lovely city. How are you doing? How are you doing with the cold? It was quite warm in Charleston, actually. Oh, what was the temperature there? It was, so I, well, I was going to say in Celsius. It was like 16 Celsius, which wasn't bad okay. at all. Oh, which is, I think that's about 60, 60 Fahrenheit or something. Yeah, My phone yeah. still does it in Celsius because I, I, I'm too <laughs> dumb to tra- transfer to Fahrenheit. You heard it here first. Biz says he's too dumb. <laughs> um, uh, so we just got... Not on fantasy football, snow. just on temperatures. I mean, you know, you could say that. <laughs> um, we got about three inches of snow up here uh, today. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a nice cold wednesday here i think the rest of the country is going to get hit by this storm a little bit harder than us but you know people don't really want us to talk about the weather they want they us to talk not. about football this is the episode they have all been waiting for this week absolutely if our previous trends have been anything to go off of our award ceremony from last year is one of our most listened to all-time episodes so we know <laughs> people are waiting for this before we get into everything, I want to remind everybody to check out our social media. Our Twitter is at Improper Fantasy, and our Instagram is at Improper Fantasy Football. You can also email us at our Gmail account, ImproperFantasyPodcast at gmail.com. We're always thrilled to be able to see stories or what you think of the podcast there. A quick icebreaker question. We had a fantastic Super Bowl. You know, kind of an unhappy, like, un- unfortunate call that happened at the end of the game. But we're looking ahead to next year. We don't know what's going to happen in free agency, who's going to be signing where, what players are going to draft where, who's going to win in the training camps. But I have this question for you right now. Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. Who wins the Super Bowl next year? Oh, my God. Is this the, the way too early next year top 25 rankings or whatever? I mean, this could your, be per your prediction right away. If I'm going to take a, a flyer, I, I, I will probably bet on the Chiefs or the 49ers again. Because if the 49ers can somehow manage to get a quarterback healthy for five minutes, they probably, you know, you pick the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. They've just got all the pieces there. And the Chiefs, they've been in the championship game five times, in the AFC championship game five times in a row. So who's to bet against them? We all thought this year they wouldn't be as good because of the loss of Tyreek Hill. And look what happened. So, yep. it, you know, this whole dynasty thing, it reminds me a bit of the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era, where every year everyone just always picked them to either get to the championship game or the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't see another team. Maybe the Chargers? What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I don't think the Chargers can do... I, I think the Chargers are going to be about par for where they were last year. They could mm. potentially do better just because they'll have a better offensive coordinator and... Maybe not. Blow and an unbelievable up. coach. And an unbelievable coach. Well. <laughs> Your favorite coach. I think that we're going to see a couple of random upsets uh, throughout the course of the year that are going to change things. Uh, the sure. Lions are going to be better. So that means that there are going to be some teams that play against them that we think are going to be great and are just going to lose. 
Uh, the Browns, I think, are going to be a lot better next year because they're actually going to have Deshaun Watson with the team for the majority of the time who's going to learn how to do everything. And despite what we've thought of him, like from a football perspective, he should still be a very good quarterback. Yeah. My predictions, way too early. I think that the winner of the Super Bowl next year is going to be... Seattle. No, the it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. I think it'll be them. Uh, mm. that, 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 yeah. that, that's a very unsatisfying... Uh, Pick, but it is, and I, and I was saying this before. But you, you're right. The the only question mark that they got is going to be their quarterback. And if right. Brock Purdy can come back within like a month of the beginning of the season, uh, and it's only a ten month injury that he's got to like come back from, like by all means, like he he could potentially just still be that that steady ship. If the yeah. quarterback situation is in flux and Trey Lance doesn't develop and Brock Purdy's not ready to go, clearly that that's not going to be a good pick. I think they're going to get it. Yeah, I would say with, with the Eagles. It's tough to lose both your coordinators in in one yeah, summer. Um, uh, in one summer, at the end of the season, in the off season, um, no matter how good they are, and they were great, but I mean, to have that continuity suddenly go out on both sides of the ball, I just I just can't see the Eagles being the same as they were this year. So that's why I give the 49ers the edge in the NFC, even though they don't have a quarterback at the moment. So it's almost stunning to say that, but that's where I'm leaning. Well, you heard it here first. We're talking Chiefs. We're talking 49ers for next year's Super Bowl. The more things change, the more things stay the same. But getting that out of the way, it's time for what everybody's been waiting for, and that's for our <laughs> season awards, the 2023 Bismarck Awards. Biz, I'm going to let you go ahead and start off with who your first award winner is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as, as you said, this is the one everyone's been waiting for, mm -hmm. our annual awards. My first award the most overhyped trade of the year, or should I say even of, of all time, none other than your previous favourite quarterback ever, the great Russell Wilson. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback kind of fall from grace so quickly as Russell Wilson did last year. It was unbelievable to see him. He went to Denver with all this fanfare. You know, look at the Denver Broncos now. They have some pieces. They've got decent wide receivers, decent defence. And it just all went to pot. And I am going to, obviously, this was not all on Russell Wilson. We all know how badly Nathaniel Hackett was in his first year as a head coach. It was, um, it, 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 he did a, a really poor job all around and he has to take some of the blame. But the signal caller is Russell Wilson. And he was just poor. 16 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. He just looked a shell of himself. And it is that, it is this now the tipping point of his career where he's reached, he, he'd already kind of reached the heights, the zenith of his career. And now is the downhill where, where it's starting to happen. Um, it's so hard because I think if you get, now they have Sean Payton. And now you're going to see sort of the proof in the pudding. Sean Payton, we all know what he did with Drew Brees. And for 15 years with the Saints was just a high-powered offense. Drew Brees, Hall of Famer. And he was excellent. Every single year, Drew Brees was just lighting it up. And mm -hmm. can he do that with Russell Wilson? Now, I definitely think Russell Wilson will be better next year. It's hard for him to be worse, to be honest. Um, but what's even more galling is he saw a journeyman career backup in his old team break his, his season single-season records um, and get that team to the playoffs. I mean... In Gino, we trust. Uh, nothing more can be said, so... Take it away. Um, that's my that's my first award. I'm actually going to ride the coattails of your award because I have a very similar award with a different outcome. 
Uh, you have the most overhyped trade. Uh, mine is going to be the worst trade. And before you even said what your award was, mine is that the trade that I'm selecting is worse than the Russell Wilson trade. Not because what Denver gave up was ultimately, like, it, it, they, they got taken for a ride by the Seahawks. But yes, the Titans trading away A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles mm, fair is, enough. for me, by far, the worst trade that happened last year. Not because of what they had to give up, but what it did to their team. The Broncos, for Fair the enough. previous six years, had already been miserable. They couldn't fall too much yes. further. All you had yes. was expectations that crumbled on top of them. The Titans last year were the number one seed in the AFC. Even if a lot of people are like, they're, pr they're pretty soft number one seed by comparison because they were more predicated on their running game than their passing game. But when you give away arguably your best, your second best player, depending on where you put him against King Henry, and you draft a wide receiver with the pick they traded for you, essentially all you're saying is, hey, we just don't want to pay him what he was worth. And all A.J. Brown did was give Jalen Hurts a weapon that took him to the Super Bowl? I mean, both of those franchises went in opposite direction. Last year, the Eagles were just barely in as a wildcard team. And the Titans were the best record in the AFC. This year, the Titans lost an opportunity to win their division as a losing record because they didn't have weapons. Now, I, I, I recognize that Wilson's trade was worse as far as like what was given up, but the Titans ended up falling further than what the, the Broncos did. So I'm giving the worst trade award in the Bismarck Awards to the Tennessee Titans for trading away AJ. Yeah, that's, that, that's fair enough. I can, see, I can see that in terms of when you look at how potent Philadelphia was with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Both top 10 wide receivers. Right. And they're both legit number one receivers to have them both Absolutely. on your team is, is incredible. And I think when you add in the dual threat of Jalen Hurts, that's why they were so good this, this season. Oh, good. Um, for me, obviously, I, I, it wasn't as hyped as the Russell Wilson trade. So mm -hmm. that's why I went there. So yeah, why don't but, you but take it away? Awards. That's true. Another one? Yeah. Why don't yeah. you go first this time? Well, I've got another award that kind of ties into that. And this is the biggest surprise, biggest collapse award. And I'm going to be giving that to the AFC South. The fact that Jacksonville went from being the absolute worst team last year to winning a division, albeit with, no, not a great record. The Jaguars winning their division with Trevor Lawrence kind of puts us into this situation where we have to look at Jacksonville as potentially being a team that's going to ascend. They have a franchise quarterback. They've got a Super Bowl winning head coach and they've got all these weapons everywhere that you see on the field based off of, you know, just having all these first round picks that have been high mm -hmm. in the past couple of years. And then, of course, once again, the Tennessee Titans falling out of the playoffs, not only being a number one seed last year, but starting the season seven and three and then losing out to miss the playoffs this season. To me, that's biggest surprise, biggest collapse of the year. I think I think that's that that's fair enough, and it's interesting where I'm going. Yeah, it seems like great minds think alike. So, <laughs> on a similar, it, it's slightly similar but different. But the best coaching job of the year award goes to I'll get. I'm going to give you one guess. Brandon Staley. None other than the great Brandon Staley of the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> You're up twenty-seven nil <laughs> against the Jacksonville Jags. And you managed to lose. Enough said on that. I, I mean, there's, there's just nothing. How he managed to keep his job. I see what, there, there's something. That's magical. Clearly, Dean Spanos just loves Brandon Staley to bits because there are very few head coaches 
that I think would have survived that after being up that much. And he managed to survive. And his coordinators, I think the offensive coordinator, you know, lost his job. And, you know, Stephen A. Smith said, I wouldn't have allowed Brandon Staley back on the plane because he is the CEO of that organisation. You have to be better than that. So that is my best coaching job of the year award. None other than Brandon Staley. Uh, breaking news while we're actually going through this. We've been talking, or I at least have Brandon been talking Staley a lot of negative things. No, it's actually about the Titans that I've been talking about for my previous two awards. The Titans are releasing their left tackle, Taylor Lewan. Had an injury this past season, uh, had no guaranteed money on his contract. Uh, The Titans are releasing their career left tackle. We'll see what that's going to do there. Best coaching job of the year. You know, I can't imagine it going to another better guy in Brandon Staley. Managing to show what he did this past (laughs) season and keeping his job. That's talent. talent. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Why don't you grab the next one? Yeah, okay. I'll go first on this. So the... All I want for Christmas is a quarterback award. Goes to <laughs> none, o- none other than your favorite team, your biggest rivals, the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, mm. their history with quarterbacks, not just this year, but over the last few years is just insane. It's, I, I, it's just, I don't know if it's bad luck or just something in the water there down in like Northern California, but it's just stunning. I mean, this year they, you know, the, the, what happened in the Eagles match is is just a microcosm of their season you basically have seven quarterbacks go down and you end up having christian mccaffrey having to take a few snaps and it and it's sad it's just sad because they have such a good team and you just think please just have one quarterback healthy for a whole season and a playoff run and see what they can do jimmy g constantly gets injured it's just been the story of his career even though he's he's a definitely I, i think he's a decent quarterback we still, we still, no one knows what happened. With what what Trey Lance is all about? He's played one game, you know, and now he's had a season-ending injury. Is he going to be back? And if so, to what level? And then Brock Purdy is now out for maybe ten months, maybe a year. So, yeah, I, I mean, they just must be ruining their luck. I mean, they have a Super Bowl caliber team. Everyone knows that, and it's just you know the main position. They've just had horrific luck. So, I am sure for Christmas. Kyle Shanahan is is hoping that whoever they choose a quarterback, that they're going to stay fit for a whole season. Although there's always TB12. You can give him a ring in a few weeks, a few months, see if he's up for uh, coming back. I, I don't think they want that for Christmas. I think they want that for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I think they want that as <laughs> soon as enough. they possibly can. Yes, that's true. Um, They've got a lot of money that's tied up to a lot of very important players on this team. They were about to have like a couple of years of just, you know, last overall pick with Brock Purdy and first round rookie contract money with Trey Lance and not have to have a a veteran on their team potentially for a few years or something like that. But you're going to have to bring in a veteran to just be able to be a backup. And, and, you know, that kind of derails Mm. some of their plans, but yeah, we'll see who's going to be on the, on the free agent mark. Maybe you can get somebody like Brian Hoyer. Uh, Maybe you can get somebody like David Blau. I'm not Mm. sure, but you can get one of these like veteran quarterbacks to at least steady yeah. the ship until things are ready for that. Yeah, I've got an award here that I, it, it soured me a little bit when I had to sit down and be you know unbiased with these. But um, another team that would have just loved to have had a quarterback last year uh, wins my award for having the best draft going into the last year. Uh, and you know me, I'm a big fan of what the Seahawks draft was, but you can't argue with the team that had the offensive rookie and defensive rookies of the year. The Jets with Garrett Wilson, 
and Sauce Gardner, the two best rookies uh, based off of the awards that are there. You also were able to get a solid pass rusher in Jermaine Johnson, who's going to be in their rotation. And Brees Hall, who potentially could have been on the road to be able to get a uh, uh, his own votes into the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, yeah. he, he was looking stellar, like him and... Kenneth Walker yeah. the third were just looking like they were the two best running backs in last year's class up until, you know, both of them were getting their stumbling injuries. Garrett Wilson just looked fantastic, and I, I agree him over Chris Olave, and he, I even agree him over Brock Purdy just because of the sample size. The Jets, masterful job in their draft last year. Masterful job. They had a great draft. I mean, everyone's saying if they can get a quarterback for next year, yep. look out. Because we'll talk a little bit about what that could be later in the we podcast. will, yeah. yeah. But they, they have all the pieces again. They they drafted really well and 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 Robert Salah has done a good job. Um they just they just fell off the wagon a little bit last year. But um I think again, if you have that veteran leadership at the quarterback position, then that can help steady the ship when things aren't going well. Because they do have a lot of young players now. I mean, they're not rookies, but they'll be in their second year, but they're still really young. And you need that, you need that kind of voice of calm i think as well and they have a, a an excellent defense as well so they're definitely on the come up so i agree i think yeah, so too great, great keep draw. an eye out for them over the next couple of years i was really high on the jets before this year began uh and they certainly surged to potentially be a playoff contender uh up until you know the whole zach wilson you know not doing anything and mike white getting benched yeah and joe flacco not doing anything uh yeah. it was clear that that was their only weakness on the whole team so i think they're going to try to shore that up this year uh i'm just gonna pound my fist on the table for this award um this is the not even a question best non-quarterback offensive player it not even a question award uh and this goes to jay jettis who is without a doubt the best player uh on offense who is not a quarterback in the nfl and you can even argue depending on how you think everything goes jay jettis may be a better nfl player than pat mahomes i wouldn't make that i wouldn't say that uh, but Jay Jettis, as far as like a player who goes out there, is able to find space in the open. He's able to just beat people when he shouldn't. Justin Jefferson, the best non-quarterback offensive player in the league. And it's the not even question award. Looking at his stats for this season, 1,809 yards, mm-hmm. 128 receptions, mm-hmm. and eight touchdowns. And the only other thing I'm going to add to that is that he has Kirk Cousins throwing to him. He has um, Kirk Cousins! I mean, Yeah. I, 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 I think he is the best receiver in the NFL. I, I don't think there's a huge debate at the moment. I think his all-around game, he's better. And I, I don't think he gets nearly as much love as he should be. And I don't know why that is. I wonder if it's because he plays in Minnesota. But I just, you know, people still love the kind of explosiveness of Tyreek Hill. I would take, I, I would take Justin Jefferson any day of the week over Tyreek Hill. Because for me, I feel Tyreek Hill is incredibly explosive and he's brilliant but i feel he comes and goes out of games whereas justin jefferson you can just always count on him i would put tyreek hill as the in my opinion the de facto without a doubt second best but the gap between tyreek hill and justin jefferson is great stefan diggs as as didn't have an unbelievable year last year i know they changed offensive coordinators yeah but um yeah I, i i i don't think there's any argument there uh, with with Justin Jefferson, yeah, not even a question. So my next award is uh, a legit award. Um, we've already alluded to him earlier in this podcast, but my comeback player of the year is none other than Geno Smith of the Seattle mm. Seahawks. 
there's not really any debate about this. He was a guy that was almost done in the league, just a career journeyman backup for the last 10 years. We all remember when he was when he was drafted by the Jets, how bad he looked. He just wasn't the answer there. And you remember him playing back then? I didn't even. Oh, watch I do. Back then. I, I, I do actually. I do remember because <laughs> there was again hype because it was New York's biggest market, and yeah. he just was was poor, very poor. And he's just been a career backup since then. But what he's done this year is incredible. Credit to him. Credit to the Seattle Seahawks coaching staff. Credit to Pete Carroll it's clear that coaching matters and it's clear that they put him in a system that works for him, but it's not just that. It's just, he's looked a good quarterback. The eye test, we all talk about how he looks. He looks a decent quarterback back there. And Mm -hmm. he, and he got the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs. Um, You know, they, they obviously have Kenneth Walker, the third too, but I don't think anyone, I mean, I remember you were all doom and gloom about the Seattle Seahawks prospects this season. I was, you know, and they got in. They got into the postseason. I mean, that's incredible. And um, given you know what happened last year with Russell Russell Wilson's trade to the Denver Broncos, so there's no question for me that you know he deserves the accolades. And I hope he does stay with the Seahawks for a couple of years. Uh, I certainly hope so too. Uh, the the fact that the contract negotiations are still going on a little bit longer uh, makes me think that the fact that this quarterback market's about to re- be reset means that everybody's asking for more money. Uh, we'll, again, get to that later. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take this next award. And I actually spent some time on research on this one. A little bit more. Just wow, because of you the nature of what we have no, to do. Surely not. Uh, I have a list of plays that I've nominated for the Bismarck <laughs> Play of the Year. Play of the Year. The Play of the Year. And here are the plays that made my nominees. Uh, I have the Sam Hubbard 98-yard fumble return from the Bengals against the Ravens that essentially iced that game, which was one of those WTF moments that, uh, to me, just it's the best defensive play. Uh, Maybe not the best defensive play because I have another defensive play in here. I have the Chandler Jones walk-off pick stiff arm six against the Patriots uh, in that weird, weird game where, like, the Patriots were on the last play of the game um, just, you know, they could have gone to overtime, but uh, they run the ball off and then they yes. ladder it back. Yeah, and then they yeah. ladder it back and then they throw it back to Mac Jones. And Chandler Jones grasps that out of the air on like one smooth motion, turns around and just stiff arms Mac yeah. Jones to the floor yeah. and then runs it in to win the game. Uh, I don't know if that was like the most impressive, but as far as like an impact play and essentially saying we are here, um, it establishes a tone that the Raiders have not had in a very, very long time. And almost to me felt like it was a years of frustration of the Raiders having to live the tuck rule and taking it all out on Mac Jones on that one play. Have the Tyreek Hill scoop fumble for a touchdown over the Chargers. If you remember this one earlier in the season, Dolphins fumbled the ball and there was this big scrum and then suddenly the ball just kind of pops over to Tyreek Hill. He looks down, scoops it up, runs around the entire pile all the way in for a touchdown. Um, wow. But to yeah, me, there's some good plays there. But there is one play. There's only one play that actually can win this award and it is my previously mentioned non-QB offensive player, not even question of a doubt, Jay Jettas, Justin Jefferson, the one-handed catch over the Bills 
when it needed the most. Like, our, it's considered to be the best catch since the Odell Beckham catch yeah. uh, from many years ago. But it, it is a thing of beauty. I recommend everybody go back and watch that play. Uh, without a doubt, the play of the year. Uh, and it was an instrumental play uh, that allowed the Vikings to get that upset win over the Bills. Gorgeous yeah, play. Absolutely. I don't have any disagreement there. I mean, that, that was a play that stood out all year. Just a brilliant mm-hmm. catch. You're right. It's, it's the greatest catch since Odell Beckham Jr.'s. And, and even then, you know, there's an ongoing debate about whose was better. So stunning play, stunning catch. And as you said, yeah, it, it set them on their way to, to beating the Bills. My next award... I felt I had to bring this up. The most clutch kicking performance of the year award goes to Brett Maher of the Cowboys missing, what was it, 150 extra points in a row? Um, in one game. In one game. I mean, <laughs> there's not much anything. Oh. There's, there's nothing to add on that. I mean, it's so uh, unbelievable to me as well that, in a way, obviously it didn't make any difference in the match because the Cowboys just overran the Bucks and they were head and shoulders above the Bucks in that game. So, yeah, maybe it didn't make any difference, but it was just shank after shank after miss left, miss right. It was, it was hilarious, but also sad to watch at the same time because it was like visibly seeing a kicker getting the yips in front of your eyes. Um, but what I'm, what I'm happy about, he did make the final extra point, I believe, or was it a field goal? And then in the next game, he did, he did kick a field goal, I think, against the 49ers or, or kicked an extra point. So you did hear that some, sometimes kickers, once it goes, it goes. And that was really hard to watch, although fun at the same time because it was a cowboy. <laughs> so. I have to ask, though, uh, we put it out on this podcast that you were submitting your resume to the uh, Cowboys for their uh, kicker position that was clearly going to be open. Uh, what did they say after you submitted your resume? Well, as, as, you, as you mentioned, there were some stipulations when I, when I, when I did send that in. The first was, yeah, yeah. I, I cannot and will not wear a Cowboy shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. or a which is reasonable. So, Which is reasonable. So they just were like, you know, as much as we would love to have you, you have to wear the Cowboys, you know, kit. And I said, well, unfortunately, I can't do that. So, you know, maybe... What maybe... happened to them next week after that? After they didn't pick you up, they lost to the 49ers, right? Yeah, well, they're yeah. in. You see, there you go. They yeah, missed their chance. Yeah, they missed their chance. All right. Uh, I have a couple of awards here, and then I'm going to let you have the last one. Uh, this next one's kind of fun, but I got the Best Little Brother of the Year award. And there are five <laughs> little brothers in the league. You've got Nick Martin... Uh, who is... Zach Martin. Zach Martin, that's right. Nick Martin's yeah. uh, brother, Zach Martin. Uh, not nearly as great as his, uh, his, his older brother, but, you know, they're fine. you got Trevon Diggs, who, you know, he's still putting up a good, se- good season for cornerback. He didn't have as many picks as last year. Uh, TJ Watt, the previous yeah. year's Defensive Player of the Year, and very, very proud of his older brother uh, for retiring and uh, definitely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You've got the reigning defensive player of the year in Nick Bosa, who has solidified himself as definitely being the better brother between him and Joey Bosa, although Joey Bosa is no scrub. But come on, what is better than beating your big brother in the Super Bowl? Travis Kelsey wins this year's Best Little Brother of the Year award. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good award and you brought up some interesting I, I have to be honest I didn't even know about Nick Martin and Zach Martin so yeah so that's great but yeah you're right what can be better than beating your big brother in the Super Bowl you can yeah. you can imagine that the dinner conversations you know family <laughs> gatherings what it's going to be like 
Um, yeah, so. Um, I, I, and on that note, I'm very much looking forward to Travis Kelsey hosting SNL. On, That'll be I believe fun. it's March the 9th. So, so yeah, so. that's something to look forward to. My last Bismarck Award is a shout-out to uh, an award I gave out last year. It is the How Can One Division Possibly Have So Many Great Quarterbacks Award? And for the second year in a row, I'm going to give this to uh, the AFC West. But actually, no, I'm actually looking at my notes. <laughs> and this is for next season. Right, 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 right. Uh, similarly to last season, when I gave this award before all the trades happened, in anticipation that Aaron Rodgers would be traded to the Broncos, uh, I'm giving this award for next year's AFC West in anticipation that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Raiders. <laughs> wow. So, okay. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to actually, for the second year in a row, I'm actually going to uh, recant this uh, for next year. So uh, we'll, we'll see that again next year. Uh, but uh, take it away. In fairness, there's only two good quarterbacks. Even if that happens, there's only two good quarterbacks in that division anyway. Patrick Herbert Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But, well, you know, you don't no, know. Like, Aaron Rodgers reunited with Devontae no, Adams. Anything yeah. can happen. And maybe Russell Wilson will tr will recover. But at the same time, if, if he doesn't, and then Aaron Rodgers like, and Devontae have their hookup, you know, that's three great quarterbacks. Yeah. In, in well, we'll, but, we'll get it. We'll, we will get into that a little bit later about yeah. potential landing spots. But, yeah. Okay. The final Bismarck Award of 2023, although actually I guess it's for the 2022 season, is the most ridiculous statement of the year award goes to none other than my esteemed co-host <laughs> in his utterly laughable list of top quarterbacks. Now, for those who, who haven't been listening or have listened over the last couple of weeks, obviously we've been going back and forth about where Patrick Mahomes ranks in a list of all-time quarterbacks. And we've, we've had a bit of a debate. Mark brought up his list of top 12. And I've, I've almost lost sleep over it. It is unconscionable to me that you have Patrick Mahomes currently 12th all-time, 12th all-time. Mm -hmm. Despite, I might add, people ahead of him in your list have actually won less than... Patrick Mahomes, even though Patrick Mahomes has played only five years as a starting quarterback and one more. So just going through the list, Brady and Montana, no questions there. You've got Elway Manning, what I'm stunned. You have Brett Favre as your fifth quarterback of all time. So you I actually do. think he's a greater quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? I do. Three-time MVP. And why? Three-time MVP. Okay. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is a two-time MVP already? Three-time MVP, yeah, so that means better. Okay, but how many Super Bowls has Patrick Mahomes won as opposed to Brett Favre? Uh, team sport. Wait, oh my God, you sound like Skip Bayless. This is... <laughs> okay, so let me, but let me just go. So there's Brett Favre. I'm just going to... I just want to list some other uh, quarterbacks who I have a massive issue with. Now, Johnny Unitas, I will say, obviously none of us saw him... You, you know more about this sport than mm -hmm. I'd have forgotten. And a lot of people still put Johnny Unitas in their top list of quarterbacks. Dan Marino, Drew Brees at number eight, Aaron Rodgers, obviously Otto Graham, and then Roger Staubach. Now, mm -hmm. you asked me to compose a list. Now, I have Mahomes fifth currently, maybe sixth, because I've obviously got Brady and Montana one and two. And then I'll have Elway and Manning. I don't know in which order, whether but... In, 
I've got Brady and Montana one and two. And then the next three would be Mahomes, Manning, Elway. Um, Dan Marino is one that might, I haven't really studied it. So I would say Mahomes would be fifth at the moment, maybe sixth, but I would probably put him fifth. But here is my issue. Uh, again, with Brett Favre, you just said Brett Favre has won more MVPs than Mahomes. Fair enough. Mahomes obviously hasn't played as long, so he has a chance to get there. But when I brought up the Super Bowls, you suddenly went, okay, Mahomes has won more, but Brett Favre has won less, but therefore it's a team game. So Yes. MVP but, is an individual player. The Super Bowl is won by multiple, by an entire team. So you're actually giving more kudos to an MVP than a Super Bowl win. You, you can't say that, like, no, definitively just, uh, speaking of that. But when we're comparing the reasons why that's all the case, I also have an entire year, a career of Brett Favre. I see the passing records he did. I see the yards. I see the touchdowns. Both Marino and both Favre held the record for most touchdowns of all time. They were both excelling. They were both the most prolific when they retired. Yeah, but I can't look the... at five years of a career and say he's better than players who played an entire career. And Brett Favre has the m most interceptions record, too. Sure, because he lasted longer. Breeze is on that list, too. Manning's on that list, too. All the great quarterbacks are on the top interceptions record list. All of them okay. are. Not of Rogers, course, not Rodgers. Right, because of, because of longevity. But, yeah. okay. And, and to be so, fair, far through a lot more than the others did. Right, that, yeah. but that's, that's my issue. I'm not saying, like, the others, obviously, they've got more than Mahomes because they played, like, 10 years longer. But mm -hmm. it's interception to touchdown ratio. Everyone knows Brett Favre through picks, soul-crushing yep. picks all the time. So sure. therefore, uh, so that's my argument about Brett Favre, that he's not... Because also, you often said, we're not talking about who's the best player, because I'm pretty sure you think Mahomes is a better quarterback than I Brett do. Favre. Right. I do. So the issue is, who is the greatest? But surely how good they are comes into the conversation of how great they are. You, you're talking... You're, you are speaking about this in a vacuum... That longevity is everything, as opposed to, well, who's actually a greater quarterback? I'm going to leave Johnny United because I know that's going to. Dan Marino, I personally, again, he didn't win a Super Bowl. A lot of people say that he was the greatest passer they've ever seen. Fair enough. Um, Drew Brees, I do have an issue with that. Drew Brees was unbelievable. He, he was my favorite quarterback. But is he a greater quarterback than Mahomes? No. Like, Drew, Drew Brees. Has all the passing records, well, until Tom Brady broke them. But he's won, he, he won one Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes has won two. And Patrick Mahomes has, is a two-time MVP. I, I don't, I'm not sure if Drew Brees ever won an MVP. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. No, he never did. He never okay. did. And that is, right. that is I, I, I can certainly understand if you want to move him lower. That is his one knock against him. Okay. So then, then we're going to Aaron Rodgers. But I also now, have the fact that Drew Brees had multiple 5,000-yard seasons five times. True. Yeah, and, and no, that, that's fair enough. Okay, so, and then we got Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers, again, has played in one Super Bowl. His overall playoff record is not great. Um, now, he is a, he's a four-time MVP, is he? I believe. I think I would put Mahomes over Rodgers anyway. And then Otto Graham, Roger Stalbert, I mean, obviously, we talked about that a little bit. I mean, it's an era thing. I, I personally believe that I do think when when sports modernize, then the standard is higher. So that's why I would have Mahomes at least, even in your list, seven, because if he's above Breeze, Rogers, Graham, Stalback, but you're not gonna you're not gonna put him up there. But but also you talked about the team sport as well. Roger Stalbuck won two two Super Bowls. But that team, the Cowboys team, is also excellent. 
they had some other great players in the Hall of Famers on that team. So, look, I'm going to leave it there. I've tried to make my argument as why great doesn't always just mean longevity. It can mean who is... You have to take how good they are into account too. And simply saying, well, someone's played longer than him, that doesn't necessarily mean, therefore, they're greater than him just because they've had more longevity. But for my, my, I haven't done a whole top 15 list, but my top five would be... Mahomes would be in the top five at the lowest six. I'd have Brady, Montana, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Mahomes. Not necessarily in that order. Well, Brady and Montana, one, two, definitely. Um, maybe even Mahomes might be number three. I just haven't really thought about it. But he'd definitely be five. Maybe I might put Marino in at five and Mahomes six. But, but there you go. But that is my last award. And I will take that graciously. And I will be very, very <laughs> proud of that. That is the end of the Bismarck Awards 2023. Looking forward to many great, great conversations and debates that lead to more awards for the 2024 season. Indeed. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, oh my gosh, this whole past week or so has just been filled with nothing but quarterback news and controversy. That's true. All of it is stemming behind where our quarterback's going to go. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones even, and to a smaller extent, uh, Geno Smith. I don't want to spend an incredibly long amount of time on this, but let's go ahead and just touch on a couple of these, if it's all right with you. The biggest news that's been going on for the past week has been Lamar Jackson. It looks like that the, uh, the Ravens and Lamar are far away uh, from each other still on guaranteed money, and it seems like the Ravens are prepared to tag him uh, one way or another to be able to kick this can continuously down the road. Uh, where do you lie on this whole Lamar Jackson, everything guaranteed, non-guaranteed debate? So... It's a little bit over my head, but I, I don't. I think that he's asking for around two hundred million dollars guaranteed. Correct. That's what the and, speculation and, is, and, but and, it seems like what he's wanting more is fully guaranteed whole contract. Okay, like how much? Okay, fully guaranteed. Okay, and he wants and to be the highest bid. Right, they offered him one hundred and thirty million, apparently. So yeah. He and people might say, okay, in today's market, that's not enough, which I agree. But I personally, I don't think he deserves to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He hasn't, he's won one playoff game. He has been injury prone a little bit and he has come up short in playoff games. So I can understand, I can understand the Ravens being a bit, well, hang on, you know, just hang on there. Maybe, you know, he has a slightly oversized kind of sense of himself where he stands in the market. You know, is he is he better than a Deshaun Watson? Probably not. Is I'd he... probably say he is. Really? Okay. Uh, I, he's an MVP. Deshaun Watson. We don't even know if he's still good. No, that's fair enough. That is fair enough. But but I mean, fair, I mean, is he better than Kyler Murray? Yes. And I think if that's the if if you're looking at that contract and saying okay, but he he deserves to be paid around what Kyler Murray, but. Is he, is he in the same, you know, breath as the Holmes or uh, Aaron Rodgers or, you know, no, I don't, I don't think he is. So, yeah, I, I can understand why there's sort of a slight trepidation on the Ravens' part. It seems like I'm pulling myself into both sides, but here's what I feel. Uh, Lamar Jackson thinks that he is the top quarterback prospect in this offseason. Yeah. He's not. That's going to be Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson would have been the biggest one from last season. Right. And I think that he's looking at everything and saying, well, the biggest contract in the league 
uh, that was given out last year was the $238 million fully guaranteed contract to Deshaun Watson. Now, that's at least what I want. And I'm not going to lie. He's, he's a better quarterback in my mind than Deshaun Watson, than Russell Wilson, and then uh, Kyler Murray based off of what we saw from this, this past year. And if he's saying that this is what you gave them, I should get more than that. The argument I've seen this past week was the, well, don't penalize me because of the mistakes the Browns made, because the Browns gave something that was supposed to never be given, which is the fully guaranteed contract. And you say, well, don't penalize me because they did this. And my thought process is, you're not supposed to give fully guarantees in the NFL. And the reason why you don't give fully guarantees, unless it's on these like short one-year bases, is the team is so much a team. You have to make sure you have all the pieces in, in place. And what if Lamar Jackson falls off a cliff four years from now and he's signed to a seven-year fully guaranteed contract? The Ravens are obligated to pay him for another three years during the decline of his contract. And Lamar's side is, but that's correct. You're having me run. I'm going to take more risks. I'm going to get injured. And the Ravens are like, yeah, but we still have to be a team if you're injured and all this. I think that they should give him more guaranteed money than Tyler. I think a four, four years, 200 guaranteed out of like a six-year, $300 million contract to me, I'd be like, cool. I think that that's where the, the meeting point could be. And I think that that's something that he's earned. But if the Ravens hold off too long, they give him to an, uh, a franchise tag, and then Burrow resets the market because he's eligible for an extension plus a, a fifth-year option this season, like Burrow may sign a, a, a $300 million contract over five or six years with $250 million guaranteed. The Ravens won't give that to Lamar. Um, I think if they sign him to a, con to a franchise tag this season, uh, he's not going to be a Raven in the long term, that this would be his last season. The Ravens are playing a dangerous game, and Lamar Jackson is also playing a dangerous game. Justin Fields' trade rumors have also been popping up. Now, I mentioned a few weeks ago that right when the Bears got the first overall pick, I was contemplating having this cheeky little topic of, oh, do the Bears trade Justin Fields, and, and did they draft number one? And ultimately, I scrapped it from the show because I'm like, we have a lot of playoff stuff to talk about. It's going to be a long show, and ultimately, that's not going to happen. Well, right now, that's like the biggest thing that people are saying. Oh, the Bears definitely should yeah. trade Justin Fields. Oh, they should go ahead and draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or do all these things. So I, I think this story is heated up because was it a few days ago when it came out that Justin Fields said, I hope we get a dome in, Soldier in Chicago. And he wants a dome. He's a quarterback. Yeah, but you don't say that. Even if there are other quarterbacks that, that feel that way in Chicago, no, that's their calling card. It's like Green Bay, the frozen tundra. Aaron Rodgers managed to play in Green Bay for 12, 15 years, and it was, it was okay for him, wasn't it? So yep. Justin Fields has been in the league two minutes, and he's like, oh, I hope we get a dome. Like, what's he done to say that? And that, that doesn't, it doesn't kind of integrate you with the Chicago Bears faithful, does it? When their calling yeah, card is, is cold. And you shouldn't really say that. And it's like, what, what has he done to say, well, you know, because I air it out? Like, he doesn't really. I mean, he's been a brilliant runner. And there were stretches last year where he was unbelievable. But I, I almost think that <clears throat> this might be a, a sign of maybe the parting of the ways. Um, because a lot of people really like Bryce Young as a passer and CJ Stroud. Although it'd be interesting if they go from one Ohio State quarterback to another. I, I think I think this may not be the end of it, and I just don't. I don't think you can say what he did in terms of not that it's a huge deal, but it is a big. You don't. You don't come and say, "Oh, well, I hope we get a dome." 
because um, that's what they do. They're playing cold weather, and they've always been that team. That's fair. And I can understand if you're a franchise that's thinking we have to appeal to our fans because we still need to put buttons in seats that's in a stadium that's very, very cold and you don't want your quarterback that's complaining. Honestly, I really didn't think too much of that comment, but I can see where that can rub people the wrong way. Uh, the thought process that I have is you've started to see a little bit of the spark of what Justin Fields is. And I know that we live in this era where we are impatient with quarterbacks who are trying to develop and figure yeah. out. Justin Fields plays on a team, and I complain. I think I mentioned this either last week or the week before. Justin Fields has essentially no offensive line, and he essentially has no weapons. Um, Darnell Mooney, he's fine, but he's probably a number three at best. Uh, Chase Claypool is a good stretch, but he's not really a great number one. Uh, you don't really have any great offensive weapons to place around Justin Fields, which is why he did so great just running, because he was the only offensive weapon. I think if you are going to trade away Justin Fields, and I said this before, you cannot draft Bryce Young. And the reason why you cannot draft Bryce Young is you still have no offensive line. And Bryce Young will die. I mean, I'm saying that a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Right. But you have to deal with the fact that you're playing in a league where everybody's faster, uh, everybody's bigger, everybody's stronger. And if the, the Bears can't protect Justin Fields from being, getting sacked, and he is that fast of a player, Bryce Young is going to get creamed and potentially just yeah. never develop. I would say, if you're going to trade him, you have to go ahead and pick up C.J. Stroud instead, or you have to trade down a little bit and grab like a Will Levis, somebody who's got a bigger frame, somebody that can handle that, somebody who, unless you also get in the trade with Justin Fields a left tackle or a good center or a good guard to be able to protect him. Uh, I, I just don't see how you're improving your team if you're trading away Fields, you're drafting Bryce Young, and you still haven't addressed your offensive line. That, that's my impression. I, I think they should just draft the best player they can, and they shouldn't just be happy that they have a quarterback that looks like he's okay. Derek Carr is continuing his tour of looking around the league and trying to find what is supposedly the perfect spot. Uh, he spent a long time with the Jets. Uh, apparently, everybody thought that that visit went really, really well. Uh, he had already previously talked with the Saints. I don't know where he's headed to next. I think if Derek Carr waits for free agency to start for him to make this decision, he's going to find that all of the places that he was thinking about going are going to quickly make decisions before he has a chance to make his own. Yeah, I, I mean, it just remains to be seen. I think he, he had good, visit, good visits with the Saints. He had good visits with the Jets. And, and I agree. I think he just wants to wait. It's a big decision. Take his time and wait to see who offers him what. Um, there are that he'll have a potential number of suitors because he's a good veteran quarterback. He's a pro bowler. Even last year, he was pretty good for the Raiders. So that I'm sure there'll be a number of teams that are interested in, in hiring him. I think he can do his, whatever team he signs with a lot of good by signing before free agency, because he's not going to be the quarterback that sets the market on the, uh, with, yeah. with a quarterback contract. It won't be him. Uh, but I think that he, you should just go ahead, make a pick, and that allows his team to start preparing for who else they're going to sign to put around him in free yeah. agency. That, and it, that, that, that's where I would go on that. I, I think he's like Lamar Jackson I think, and the Ravens. I think he's also playing a dangerous game. Mm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers finally went into his dark room retreat last week. Um, we haven't had any news about what's happened since then. I'm assuming we're going to continue to be left in the dark ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's four days to go, isn't there? So... Uh, I don't know how many, but at the same time, like, I, I know I'm the only person who's made that left-in-the-dark joke. I, I have to be the only one. 
honestly, I don't want to give this a lot of time because I, I, I think this is just con him continuing to try to find ways to make social media talk about him. Do you have any thoughts? Not really, because I agree. It's just it, I, I, I don't have anything to add. We'll just wait and see until he makes a decision. Last quarterback news of the week. Um, Daniel Jones and the uh, the Giants are appear to be at a little bit of an impasse. And it looks like that Daniel Jones, who has just signed with a new uh, agent, uh, it sounds like through the weeds he's looking for close to $45 million a year. That is, that's just laughable to me. Well, here's the problem. Like, $45 million a year? I think that that's laughable. I don't think he's worth that. I think he probably should get closer to like 32, 35. But here's the, the game of chicken he's playing with right now. Uh, the, the Giants also have to sign Saquon. And it seems like what they want to do is sign Daniel Jones to a three-year deal and tag Barkley so they can go ahead and figure out where the cap space house is going to be. And likely if they tag Barkley, they're going to sign him to an extension in the middle of the season. Right. But if they have to tag Jones and let Barkley walk... That's just going to put the team in a spot where like, hey, we have no wide receivers and we have no running backs. And now we've just got Daniel Jones. So I, I don't know how this like, yes, he's trying to get his own money, but it doesn't help the team, which I guess that doesn't matter to him. But who else is going to sign him? Well, that's fair enough. But isn't 45 million a year what the highest paid quarterbacks are on now? Like Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Isn't isn't that like their Josh Allen? Like, are they on around... Uh, Andrew's contract is on a $50.1 million contract. Okay, so but it's still around that. I mean, yeah. is Daniel Jones around that level of Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? No. I mean, you can so, make it. No, he's not. No. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's, it's, again, just hilarious to me. I mean, get over yourself. $45 million yeah. a year. I'd just be like, who do you think you are? What have you done? Like, yeah, you had one good year. But even then, it's not like he was lights out. He was basically a glorified game manager. You know, he had some good who games. Can run? Who can run? Who, he, he was a mobile player. No, he, he's a good runner. But I think he only passed above 230 yards twice. And I think they're both against the Vikings. I, I mean, you know, it's just like, come on, understand your value. Well, consider this. If they have to sign him to the exclusive franchise tag, the number is 45 million. <laughs> I'm just well, saying, he might just be that. saying that, hey, I'm going to go ahead. That. Well, they could sign him to the non-exclusive and he'd get 32, but then teams could negotiate with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think Daniel Jones is asking for way too much. And I think eventually he's going to find out that the only team that might want him is the Giants. But maybe he's going to bet on himself. Players have bet on themselves in the past and been, have been very, very pleasantly surprised. Kirk Cousins has made a boatload of money off of betting on himself. So maybe he can be the next Kirk Cousins. Moving out of quarterback conversations, one more story for this week. Eric Bieniemy is no longer the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has left the warm embrace of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid to go ahead, step out on his own, and be the offensive coordinator and primary offensive play caller for the Washington Commanders. Think this is a good move? No, I think it's an absolutely terrible move. And I think it was the worst thing he could have done for his career, I understand. I almost feel it was a forced move that he felt I need to get out from yeah. underneath kind of Andy Reid's skin and people thinking that it's Andy Reid doing the offense and not me. And I need to go somewhere where I have more control, whatever that means, or have the keys to the offense and do my own thing. But of all the teams in the NFL, he left to go to literally the worst, most dysfunctional team in the NFL that has 
no reputation as being a good, steady place to work. And I think this was a really bad move on Eric Bieniemy's part if he wants to get that head coaching position, which he clearly does. He clearly made this move in order to further enhance his credentials in the hope of future, in the future, getting a head coaching position. But I think this is going to, I'm sorry to say, I think this is going to totally backfire on him. And the last thing I'm going to say is, aside of all the kind of peripheral stuff I just mentioned, who, who do they have at the quarterback position? They have a most, Carson Wentz is done. Sam Howell. Sam Howell, yeah. I mean, he is, they, they do say he's the next Mahomes. So maybe, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. And, and, and I don't want to say this before the season has even started because I know a lot of people say, well, give him a chance. You know, give him a chance, see what he can do. But you go from working with the 12th greatest quarterback of all time, according to Mark, to working with Sam Howell. <laughs> I mean, even by your list, that's not a great thing. So, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I, I hope it works out but I have a really bad feeling there's trepidation there that it is just going to completely backfire. And clearly he hasn't had success getting a coaching job, even though he should have had a head coaching job I think easily I by now. Yeah. But, but yeah, you take it away. We can't make a decision for somebody else what they need and what makes them happy. Clearly True. he is not happy being in just an offensive coordinator that doesn't make the play calls primarily. He does make some calls, and Andy Reid has said that, hey, we will split calls. Uh, we don't know which of the two of them has the most creativity between the two of them. I think it's clearly Andy Reid. But I think that Eric Bieniemy has shown, I think we both agree, that he's shown enough over the past five years that he deserves a head coaching opportunity. Well, 15 head coaching interviews later, and nobody's offered him anything. And at this point, the talk amongst the, the league seems to be, well, why isn't he getting this? Well, this team didn't offer them this, so maybe we should hold back. Maybe we shouldn't hire him. And it seems like he's now an untouchable from that spot. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had a very, very heated argument with a couple of colleagues uh, recently about this. And my stance on this is, if he cannot achieve satisfaction within his career and happiness in what he do does uh, by just staying as an offense coordinator, if that is not what satisfies him. I cannot blame him for making the decision that I have to make a change. Would I have gone with Washington? No, I would not have. But the place I would have wanted him to go, which also doesn't have a great quarterback situation, but a lot, a much better overall team right now, signed an offensive coordinator before the Super Bowl was over. And that was the Jets signing Nathaniel Hackett. At this but, point, would you think that the Jets would have, are kicking themselves for signing him too quickly and thinking we could have had Eric Bieniemy instead of Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know. I don't know what how people think about other people here and there. True. But I do think that him going from offensive coordinator to being, I'm going to still be an offensive coordinator, but it will be, without a doubt, my system. Yeah. He's got very good offensive weapons. Scary Terry, Jahan Dodson, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, if he's healthy as well. He's got Antonio Gibson and uh, Brian Robinson Jr., very good skill positions there. An offensive line that could use a little bit of work and a defense that really just needs secondary help at this point. Uh, the team doesn't have a quarterback. You can address that in free agency. Maybe Derek Carr goes there. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and if you can go there as an Eric Bieniemy and woo one of these big quarterbacks, or you can move up in the draft to be able to take a Will Levis and develop him or take a uh, Anthony Richardson 
and develop him. You're an offensive coordinator. It's not like your head's going to be put to the fire. Well, if Ron Rivera leaves and then the whole staff gets fired after one more year. I think that he could have had better opportunities, but I'm not going to say that he's wrong for trying to improve his chances of being a head coach by leaving. A lot of my friends were saying, how do you leave the best OC position in the world? You don't even have to do anything and you win Super Bowls. It's like, that's not what he wants. No, and, and, and I agree. Like sometimes in all, in all life, sometimes you can be in a job where you just say, I've had a great run and I want to do something different. And I'm not going to knock him for taking that chance. <laughs> I'm going to knock him for going to Washington. <laughs> but, we but, could agree on that. But, we could definitely but, agree on that. But, you know, again, if, if that was the only team that offered him a, a, a different position and said, okay, no, you can have control. You can call plays. Then maybe he's like, maybe he's betting on himself and saying, yep. you know what? I'm betting on myself. I'm good at this job. I know what I can do. You know, let me see if I go to another team. Let me see what can happen. You know what does happen if he succeeds with the Commanders? Then potentially the Cowboys have two more losses per year. (laughs) That's true. That's true. It's going to be an interesting division. Um, You'll definitely root for him at least twice. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. So right now they do. Free agency is coming up. They could make trades. Well, you know what? I will say if Jimmy G needs to go somewhere. Well, if Eric the Enemy resurrects Carson Wentz, then. Then he's a Hall of Famer. Then he's a, yeah. Then people will be like, you know what? But I, but I, if he does do wonders with Carson Wentz, then he may well get a head coaching job. Yeah. And with that, that brings us to the end of our topics for this week. Biz, do you have any shout outs? I do. I'm going to shout out Real Madrid. Um, if anyone watched Liverpool Real Madrid yesterday, I mean, if. Liverpool shot out of the gate. They were 2-0 up after 15 minutes and a lot of people thought this is going to be one of those memorable nights at Anfield where Liverpool, they've had a bad, poor season so far by their standards. Very poor. They're currently eighth in the Premier League. And after 15 minutes, they were all over Real Madrid and Real Madrid just came back and absolutely demolished Liverpool. There, there was some hapless defending by Liverpool along the way, but to come back at Anfield from 2-0 down and to win 5-2 that's incredible so hats off to Real Madrid I'm going to give a shout out to a player that we've talked about a number of times on this podcast and it's one of those things that I'm glad to see things starting to return for the norm for Brittany Griner who has re-signed with the Phoenix Mercury yeah and is going to resume her WNBA career I wish her all the best Great I think news. the entire world is rooting for her yeah. and let, let's see some normalcy added back to her life if we can. Absolutely. Listeners, we'll be taking a break next week, but we'll return shortly before the start of free agency. Keep an eye out on our social media. Again, Twitter is at Improper Fantasy and Instagram is at Improper Fantasy Football. We will be posting some draft content there, so please check that out if you want to get some of your mock fix in. Uh, Biz, my coffee is empty. And with that, the only thing I can say is cheers. Cheers. Till next time.